So hi and welcome to the Expert Edge podcast. Today is going to be incredible. We're talking about breaking through limiting beliefs and why they really are the rudder that drives your ship. I'm going to talk about what a belief actually is, how to identify them and five questions you can use to really shift your limiting beliefs and start creating the results and the life that you want with ease and effortlessness. Look forward to seeing you inside. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So welcome. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today all about busting limiting beliefs. I was about 13 years old. I was sitting in uh, school, in high school, I think it was year seven, and this was when I was growing up in Australia. I'm in a Catholic boys high school. Uh, I've got this little blue cub hat on and uh, high socks and sitting at my wooden desk and we're, we're in religion class. And every kid is having a chance to read a scripture and it's kind of like a, you know, like a paragraph or so of one of the verses in the Bible. And it's coming along to me and I remember starting to feel a bit anxious about it. I remember starting to feel a bit kind of nervous about reading and each kid was doing their reading and it came down to me and I looked at my passage and I started to read it and very quickly I began stuttering. I began fumbling over my words. I began almost like my eyes started to go fuzzy and I it was like I couldn't read. And I knew I could read, but for some reason I couldn't make that connection of my eyes, what I was reading and then verbally speaking it out. And that experience for me, uh, as I stumbled through those words and I felt like my whole world shrunk in on me and I had this, this deep visceral feeling of feeling inferior, feeling like what I labeled it as uh, of feeling like an idiot. And I remember it like it was yesterday and even the corridor that we walked out of after the class. And as I walked down out of that class, that feeling just stayed with me all day and just feeling really inferior, feeling like an idiot. Now, this was fu the funny thing was, is that no other kids in the class said anything to me. No other kids came up to me and said, oh, Colin, you know, you're an idiot. You can't even read, <laughs> right? They didn't say anything like that. But the interpretation that I made of that experience and the visceral feeling that I had in that experience, I created this meaning about me was that I am an idiot. Now, what's fascinating is I even phrased it as that I am an idiot. Now, what happened was that that phraseology, that belief that I'd created through that experience when I was 13 years old stayed me, with me for quite a long time. Uh, I remember being, you know, a early 20s 
And really having this revelation that I felt like I wasn't engaging with my life. I felt like that my life was happening in front of me, but I could physically feel myself pulling back inside of me and holding myself back from truly showing who I was to the world. Now, that experience framed how I viewed myself. It framed the belief of who I believed my identity was and who I, and who I am. And that one belief then led me to many other experiences where I remember like, you know, I would be at a party and having a conversation with someone and they would look over to the right, maybe they got distracted or something. And then I would interpret that as, oh, they aren't listening to me because I'm an idiot. Or maybe I was in school and, you know, I would mess something up or make a mistake and I would go, oh, that's because I'm an idiot. Or I would have times when I would, in my early 20s, I would be speaking at, I used to attend a youth group when I was younger and loved attending the youth group. And they, I remember they asked me a few times to speak on a, like a Friday night. There was like 30 kids and then 100 kids and they got bigger crowds. And one experience I had where my hand was shaking so viscerally that I literally had to grab my other hand with, so I had the microphone in my right hand. I had to get my left hand and grab the microphone to hold my hand still. And then my knees literally started shaking. Like, you know how they have all those caricatures of someone speaking in public and their knees knocking and hands shaking? That was me. And I remember getting off the stage and saying to my best friend, Michael, uh, I called him Miko. I said, Miko, did you see my hands shaking? And he was like, no, I didn't, I didn't see any of it. And so I had all these experiences of, of me, of my world, the viewing of myself internally. I had all these experiences of myself that other people weren't actually having of me, but I was experiencing myself from a different perspective. Now, I wonder about you. I wonder what experiences you've had in your past that have framed how you view yourself. Because how you view yourself affects what you allow yourself to do. I'm going to say that again. How you view yourself affects what you allow yourself to do. So if you don't allow yourself to maybe you aren't in a relationship and you really want to be in a relationship, you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable. You don't allow yourself to put yourself out there. I wonder what experiences you've had that have created the belief that doesn't allow you to do that. Does that make sense? Now, who's the person that is not allowing themselves to do it? You, right? You're the person who's not, like, it's, it's no one else. Like you're the person who's not allowing yourself to do it. So first of all, that's good news because if you're the one who's not allowing yourself to do it, then, then who, who do you really just need permission from to actually do it? Yourself, right? You don't need permission from me. You need permission from yourself. But this is the thing is that for many of us, we aren't even aware of what's holding us back. And so this conversation, I want to start to unpack, and I'm sure we're going to have many more conversations about this on the podcast around limiting beliefs. And this one belief that I had of myself of that I was an idiot and I'm an idiot was a big identity structure that I carried with, I, I brought through my life until probably about my, 
yeah, my early 20s, when that was when I first had the revelation of, oh my gosh, I actually think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I kind of laugh about it now. And what is amazing, my, my wife, who's just incredible. By the way, if you don't know my wife, Sarah Boyd, you got to check her out on Instagram. And uh, she runs an amazing community called Resilient Little Hearts. Uh, on Instagram. It's just literally exploded. Um, and she's an amazing, she's a best-selling author as well. Uh, so I just got sidetracked because she's awesome. Uh, but what I love about my wife is every single time, like if I do something even now and I go, oh man, I'm such an idiot. Now, I don't have that visceral reaction anymore. And I, I genuinely don't think I'm an idiot anymore. But she will always say, you're not an idiot, Colin. Like that's not what I said, or that's not what happened, or that's not... Like you're not an idiot and she continually reinforces that that's not actually true. And I just love that about her. I'm having this like moment with her right now, even though she's not here. <laughs> she's actually downstairs. Uh, but it's like, what what's cool is like having people around you that will support you. So if you haven't first identified what your limiting beliefs are, or if you have, then I wonder how valuable it could be to, to have a conversation with someone who you trust to keep you accountable that that's something you want to shift and change. That could be really powerful. It just kind of came to me as I was talking. But this idea of a limiting belief is, it's, it's very profound. And if you've done any personal development, any sort of uh, developees of internally world, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, uh, if you've done any personal development yourself, you would know that they always go to your belief systems. Now, why do they go to your belief systems? Because your belief systems guide every decision you make. But most people don't have a clue what an actual belief is. So what is a belief? A belief is a feeling of certainty based on a thought you have. It is also described as how you believe life works. So I'll give you some example. You might have a belief or a feeling of certainty of how life works that, and the belief is that money can run out easily, right? You might have this belief, money can run out easily or that money is finite. You might have that belief. You might have a belief that it's hard to earn money. You might have a belief that, I can't make more than six figures or I'm, you know, I'm never going to make six figures. You might have a belief of intimate relationships never work out. Oh, that's a gut hit on, on some of us. Um, intimate relationships never work. Maybe you've got a belief of that. Maybe you've got a belief of selling is off-putting and it's pushy and it's salesy, right? This is actually one of the core beliefs that I really help my students reframe because in when I'm when I'm teaching, I'll give you a little bit of insight here. If you believe that selling is off-putting or selling is pushy, good luck in selling. Good luck in actually building a business, right? You're gonna struggle, you're gonna come up against a brick wall. And one of the revelations that I teach all my students is this: is that selling is serving. Because think about it, until you can actually sell someone on your idea, when I say selling, I mean, it's not pushy. It's like you speak in a way where they truly resonate with what you're talking about and then they buy into the idea. 
and then they join your program and then they get transformed. You can't transform their life if you're running a for-profit business, truly transform their life on a deep level and a, and a sustainable level, probably until they join your program. Does that make sense? And so this is one belief that, that I know for me has had, you know, that's been a real revelation for me probably over the last five years, six years or so. But that's, that's a big block that I find a lot of people come up against when they're trying to build their business, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to be too pushy. I don't want to be too, it's kind of off-putty. It's off-putty. It's off-putting, right? And you kind of, you, you've got resistance around actually selling. But I can guarantee that if you understand how to sell properly in not a pushy way, but an attraction, an irresistible way, people will be coming to you and then you actually make your offer. And then all of a sudden it becomes beautiful. It becomes this beautiful integrate exchange of value, which is what selling actually is. And so can you see how you can have an experience of something? Because by the way, all of these beliefs that I just shared are true and not true. In fact, they're all made up, right? Because selling can be sleazy. It also can't, it also cannot be sleazy. Um, you know, making six figures can feel impossible for people and it's also very possible possible for people intimate relationships don't work out sometimes but they also can work out sometimes money um money runs out money can run out easily it, it can also you can also build it and scale it incredibly it's hard to earn money for some people but it's really easy for other people can you see how for all of these beliefs it, they're actually true and untrue at the same time because they're made up all of these things are completely made up. Now, this is the problem. Let me tell you the biggest problem here. The biggest problem is that depending on what belief you have made up in your life will impact the level of progress you make. If you've made up a belief based on an experience that you had in your past that money is really hard to come by, money is really hard to make, then how do you think you're going to experience the world? You're going to experience it in the fact that money is really hard to make. Now, by the way, at the end of this, this session today, I'm going to share with you five questions that can truly transform a limiting belief and reframe it. So make sure you hang around till then. I trust it's going to be, excuse me, super helpful. So these are some examples. Is this making sense? Now, how is a belief created? I trust this is going to be super helpful for you in understanding how these beliefs are created. Because w when you understand how belief is created, you'll, under you'll understand why a belief is not as powerful as we think it is, right? And why it is being in your life. And you understand why it actually doesn't have to be as powerful. So first of all, a belief is created through an experience that you have where you gathered evidence through very distorted filters and you created a meaning and that gave you a feeling about the meaning okay let me just say that again so i'll give you an example maybe you had a experience so let's take my example i was i was reading in public right i was 13 years old reading in public i had an experience based around the filters of me when i say filters I mean, the way that I saw the world at that point as a 13-year-old child based on the evidence and the experience, the maturity, 
the perspective, like there's so many other filters. If you study um, neuro-linguistic programming, which I'm a practitioner in, you understand all the different filters, but, I'm, but just for the purpose of this conversation here, let's just understand that you have got lots of different filters or perspectives on your world compared to other people, right? You have to have because you have different experiences. But based on those filters, what the problem is, is that that distorts the experience. And so in other words, that's why you can have, you can go into a meeting with another person and let's say, have you ever, I don't know if you've ever worked in corporate, I remember my background was in corporate. I used to go into a meeting, I would come out and I would, and I would be thinking in my head, far out, that was like the worst meeting ever. And someone else would go, what an amazing meeting, that was so great. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, were we in the same meeting? Because they had a totally different experience of it because they had different filters, is this making sense? And so you've got these filters that you have when you have an experience. And so when you have an experience through those filters, you create a meaning. Now, a meaning is usually like it's like seven to nine words. So in other words, it's like this, this structure of what you believe that experience means about you. So you'll usually make an identity meaning about you. So it might be like, I am a failure or I am really successful or people love me or people don't like me or I'm an idiot, which was the experience, the meaning. It wasn't the experience. It was the meaning that I'd created from the experience that I'd had based on my various filters that I had at the time as a 13 year old, which and that meaning gave me a feeling. Is this making sense? So what happens is from that feeling and the meaning we continually reinforce it. Now, what we find is that the stronger the feeling, the, the deeper the belief uh, and the more powerful the belief is in your life. For example, if you've gone through uh, some level of trauma, you would, on some level, if you haven't worked through it, you would, you would have created, whether you're conscious or not, you've got some beliefs about how life works. And because trauma, that could be physical trauma, it could be a whole bunch of traumas, because trauma usually has a visceral reaction to it. The problem is, is the visceral reaction, the feeling, which is actually sits in the unconscious mind, right in the in the amygdala, in the in the uh, the feelings part of the brain. It sits in that part of the brain, and then that part of the brain is like the rudder that guides your ship. And so that is sitting underneath the surface and you can't even see it, but it's turning you. And if that belief system is not going to where you're going, then it's, you know, that's how people end up, you know, shipwrecked because they've got their rudder off course. And you've, and so you've got, imagine you've got all these rudders running underneath your boat, depending on what context you're in. If you have got limiting beliefs that are stopping you moving forward, then that rudder is taking you the wrong direction. So a belief is simply created through an experience you had based around the filters that you're using to experience that experience. You create a meaning from that meaning. You have a feeling and based on the feeling uh, intensity will be how strongly that that belief is seg is cemented in your unconscious mind. Does that make sense? Because you would have experiences in your life where there's no feeling involved. There's no like visceral feeling involved. So you're not going to necessarily create a deep seated belief about yourself. 
But if you have a really strong visceral feeling, it's going to create a deeper belief about yourself. So for example, uh, my one was, I said, I'm an idiot. And another part of that belief was that I can't read in public. It's so funny because I teach people to speak now, but it's like one of my beliefs that I created was that I... I freak out in public. I can't read in public. I'm an idiot when I'm when I'm speaking in public. Like these were my beliefs that I created, guys, right? And I teach this stuff now. And so what's cool, what's amazing is that a lot of the times the limiting beliefs that were, are in your life are actually things that you end up, once you work through them, they end up being the most powerful messages that you have in your life. And so this is why this type of work, this limiting belief work is so powerful and ends up for you in your business being actually very profitable and transformational because you get to help people create those breakthroughs as well because you resonate, you can experience it. Now, the next part is how do you identify what beliefs you have? Because that's a big issue because a lot of the time they sit underneath the surface that the rudder that sits under the under the ship, under the boat, and they're turning it, so you can't see it underneath the surface. So how do you know what the beliefs are? Well, using that metaphor, it's kind of like if you looked at a ship and you go, okay, it started here and it ended up over here. Imagine it went started from one wharf and it turned right and it went to the next wharf over there. You would go, okay, the rudder was was angled to the right, right? So in other words, the, the way you know your beliefs is by tracking your results. So this is really practical because if you want to know what your beliefs are, you simply just look at your results. So you track your results. So for example, look at your results in terms of maybe how much money you earn. So so rather than going, oh, you know, you have this, I have this belief of I earn a million dollars or I earn multi six figures, or, I earn $20,000 a month, whatever it is you've set for yourself. Instead of like just going for that, first of all, I think you need to do what Dan Kennedy says, which is just beautiful, is where he says all progress starts with the truth. And starting with the truth is actually looking at your results, your current results and going, what are my results revealing about my beliefs? Now, whether we even decide whether they're limiting or not yet, let's just go, let's just look at the fact that your beliefs drive your results. And so based on your results, they expose your beliefs. I remember for me when, when oh, I think I was earning about $100,000 in my business and I was telling myself, I was like, no, I earn multi six, you know, six figures in my business. And I was like telling myself this. And then I, was like, I realized I'm like, no, you know what? I actually believe that I can only earn six figures in my business, right? And when I had when I had that revelation, this was like I think it was about five years ago or so, and I had this revelation of going, "Oh my gosh, that's all I believe that I'm worth, or not even worth, but like that's all I believe I have the capacity to create based on my results." Then I asked myself this, what would a million dollar business owner do? Or what would a multi six figure business owner do? When you, so what you do is you start with the truth. You go, okay, based on my results, this is actually what I believe. And there's no judgment. There's no like, oh, well, that makes you a bad person or a good person. Like take morality out of it and just go, you got to put on this like curiosity hat and go, wow, this is really fascinating. It's like, this is really fascinating. Isn't it interesting 
that based on my results, that that is what I believe, right? And so you take this, you have to look at your results and then almost antidote, anti, uh, what is that word? Antidotal? <laughs> I don't even know what that word is. You need to look at it and examine it and then and then actually create, uh, kind of extract the the belief of what that could be to get that result. Now, if you look at some other things, maybe it's like maybe the type of relationship you're in or whether you're in a relationship. Now, now it's not it's not necessarily whether you whether you're just in a relationship or not, but it's like you look at patterns. Like if you've had continual relationship breakup over and over and over and over and over again and you've been the common factor throughout all of them and some of those other people maybe have gone on to create healthy relationships and you haven't then I would look at the fact of what are your beliefs about yourself and your ability to be in a relationship or, your, or what you bring to a relationship or who you are in a relationship. Because what's really freeing about this, as soon as you get focused on the truth and you go, wow, like maybe I believe that relationships don't last. And then, and then you can actually look at it, which I'm going to take you through soon and go, hmm, so if I believe relationships don't last then you can start dismantling that limiting belief and then create the actual belief that's going to serve and support you into the future and the, and what you actually want. Does that make sense? And so uh, some other things is like how generous you are, like how, like when you go out, like how generous you are, maybe how much you give, how much you uh, pledge to charities, how much you give to church, how much you give to whatever it is that you give to based on what you actually do, is, is showing what your real beliefs are. So rather than kidding yourself and going, no, you know what, Colin, uh, you know, these are my beliefs. Like I'm really generous, but it's like, you never give any money away. You think money's scarce. You don't give any money to charity or to, you know, any organizations that you support and, and you're like, oh, no, I'm really generous. Well, you actually don't believe you're generous. You think you're generous, but you actually don't because until you get focused on the truth, you can't truly unravel the limiting belief that's actually sitting there it's underneath the surface it's guiding your ship but you're pretending that it's not it's kind of like being in the boat you're going right and you're telling yourself guys it's so good going left how good is it right now going left and everyone's looking around going the boat's going <laughs> the boat's going right it's not going left and you're like you know what this left turn is incredible and <laughs> it's turning right <laughs> This makes sense, but this is, oh, this is such a silly example, but that is literally what happens in life. You know, we're telling us like, I'm so generous. And it's like nothing in your finances say that you're actually generous, right? And so get, get truthful with yourself. Then you can actually grow from there. Okay. Uh, another one is you could, you know, it's a lot of stuff's around money, like how, you know, how much money you have in the bank exposes what you believe about your ability to have money, whether you invest in yourself or whether you develop yourself or you don't, right? And so what this is all about, by the way, remember, this is not about this, this should not make you feel bad at all. It's put on your curiosity. Imagine you were a scientist and you were looking at yourself through the lens of a science experiment. I love that, um, that movie, The Truman Show, and uh, where, where Truman is basically living, I think it's Jim Carrey as Truman, he's living his life and everyone around him is an actor. And they're all watching him 
on television as a series and he thinks it's real, right? Imagine for a minute you were Truman right now and everyone was actually watching you and everyone in your life were actors. I wonder what you would notice about your life. I wonder what you would notice about you. I wonder, it's a good thing to wonder, I wonder what you would notice about the beliefs that you have that are creating those results in your life based on the actions that you're taking. And so can you see how this works? You look at the results, you don't judge them as whether they're bad or good, they just are, okay? So they're neutral, completely neutral. And then you go based on that result, that is a really good indicator of the belief that I actually have about myself, okay? And so all progress starts with the truth. Now, one of the revelations uh, that I had is that um, I, I used to, I like I said, I used to believe that, that speaking in public was scary. Then I shifted it. And I, and I realized that speaking in public was the opportunity to truly make an impact with more people. That speaking in public was the fastest way that I could share an idea to more people and make an impact and grow a business and get clients, which I could make more of an impact with. And when I had that revelation of the stage, whether that be a webinar, whether that be a live stage, I had that revelation. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my obsession because I attached it to that sense of purpose. And then now for me, even though I feel nervous when I, I still feel nervous when I go to speak, especially depending on the, the audience and the crowd and who's in there, um, I still feel nervous sometimes. Even when I'm doing a promotion, I'm doing a launch, I'm doing a webinar, I still get nervous. And for me, the nervousness doesn't mean I'm an idiot. It doesn't mean I'm going to mess up anymore. Do you know what it means? It means that I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like it genuinely means I'm getting ready to share something that is valuable, that is important to me. I wouldn't be nervous if I didn't realize how important this message was and how impactful this could be for people's lives. And so now the interpretation of me feeling nervous going into a presentation is not, I'm an idiot, I'm gonna stutter, I don't know what I'm talking about, people are gonna question my credibility. Now it is, this is an opportunity for me to serve more people than I have before. This is an opportunity for me to make an impact, to get more clients, to serve more people, to transform, see transformation, et cetera. Does that make sense? And so when I changed the meaning, all of a sudden the experience started to change as well. So let me give you five questions. I'm gonna finish this off with five questions that I think are gonna be super helpful for you in shifting your, your limiting beliefs. So number one, is this and by the way these are fairly simple questions but don't don't think that because of the simplicity that they are they are like you know poor quality questions these questions are based around neurolinguistic programming which neurolinguistic programming by the way is essentially how we use language to experience our world uh, that's my interpretation of neurolinguistic NLP is that it's the use of language which forms beliefs of how we experience our world. And so this is this is really powerful, these questions. So you may even want to write these down or, or repeat back, come back to this. 
Okay, so the first one is, how is this not true? Love that question. So if someone tells me a belief and they say, yeah, but, you know, this has happened to me before, or yeah, but, you know, this won't happen. You say, how is how is that not true? So basically what you're trying to do, by the way, is you think about it like a stool. Imagine you have a belief that's sitting on the top, that's the stool top, and you've got these three or four legs that are supporting the stool. And so the purpose of these questions is to start knocking out those legs. So all of a sudden the stool top just falls to the ground. Then you can actually build a new stool top that you can sit on, which is the new empowering belief. So the first question is, how is this not true? The second question is, is this true for everyone? It's kind of like another version of the same question, but is this true for everyone? Who is this not true for? And so you, you're trying to find other people who are not experiencing that. The next one, who has a different experience of this? So you, this is where you find people who have had a different experience, right? So you say, uh, how, is this, how is that not true based around your belief? So let's say you got a belief of that, that uh, you know, money is hard to earn. So how is that not true? And you could go, well, you know what? It's not true because, you know, some people have money sitting in the stock market and it's just growing and growing and growing every single day or they have investments and they've, they've seen exponential growth. Um, is this true for everyone, everyone that money is, is hard to earn? Well, no, it's not. Like I see people who see exponential results based on the amount of input they put in. So who has different experience of this? And you could think about different people maybe you look up to who have had different experiences of this. And what you're doing here is you're actually, they call it scratching the record. And scratching the record is essentially scratching that. Uh, you remember back in the day when we had CDs? Uh, it's kind of getting a CD and scratching it. So it's not going to read the same way. And that's what these questions do. They start scratching the record of that, that limiting belief that you've got. You know, who has a different experience of this? Another question is, when did I decide this? Love that question, by the way. If you can find when you made the decision to believe that, what does that presuppose? It presupposes that you decided it as opposed to it just being true for everyone all the time, okay? And so when did I decide this? Sometimes when I'm coaching my high-level clients and they and they bring a limiting belief to me, I'll say to them, oh, when, when did you decide that? When did you decide that was true? And they will be able to bring to me an experience that they had of something that that brought about that belief. And, and as soon as they had that revelation, that, that awareness, and if we look at quantum physics, as soon as you have awareness of something, the thing changes. And so awareness actually creates change. It creates, um, yeah, transformation. And so when did you decide this really powerful question? The last question, what belief, which is, so after you've done those, by the way, for those four questions, like who, how is that not true? Is this true for everyone? Uh, who has different? Ex who has had a different experience of this, or who has a, has a different experiences or different results than this? And when did I decide this? Then you move into the moving forward question, which is, what belief would serve and support my future in this area? And where can I see evidence for this around me in my environment or in other people or in my life? So the, for the moving forward one, and so maybe you end up creating a belief of of money is abundant and it can flow easily to me and it does flow easily to me. Money is abundant, I am abundant, I am wealth. Money flows easily to me. And you start noticing where that happens. You start noticing little things that happen in your life where you're like, wow, 
money can flow easy. Money is flowing easily to me. And you start like creating this new belief system, right? And so these are five questions that help you to, to kind of break and shake your limiting beliefs. So let's kind of do a review about what we've spoken about today. Right at the start, I shared about that experience of me reading as a young kid and that impact of of the belief that I created of that I was an idiot, which I didn't discover until I was about 20 years old. Um, We talked about what is a belief. Belief is a a feeling of certainty that you have from a thought that you've you've created from an experience you've had. So it's, sorry, it's a feeling of certainty based on a thought you have, or it's how you believe life works. Examples, it's hard to earn money, all that sort of stuff. How's a belief created? It's created from an experience that you had based around the filters that you've used to interpret that experience, you created a meaning and that meaning created a feeling. Depending on the, the visceral level of that feeling will impact how powerful how powerful that feeling or that belief is in your life. It's a rudder that's driving you. So how do you shift these? Well, well, first of all, how, first of all, sorry, how do you identify them? You look at your results. So what are you getting? What are the patterns in your life? That will expose what results you have. And if you haven't done this yet, I would encourage you to sit down and go, almost like do a results audit. It's like for half an hour with your journal, I journal almost every day and I write down like, you know, look at your results and go, what am I actually believing? So face that truth, that whole that whole sense of Dan Kennedy where he says all progress starts with the truth, the truth. Then you use the five questions to start seeing breakthrough with it, which is how is that not true? Is this true for everyone? Uh, or who is this not true for? You could you could phrase it as uh, how has a different exp- uh, who has a sorry who has a different experience of this? Uh, when did I decide this? And what beliefs would actually serve and support my future in this area? And where can I see evidence for that future belief that that new belief that I'm creating? So I trust this is really helpful. So your beliefs are made up. You make them up based on the filters you have. So the question is whether they are serving and supporting you into the future that you desire. And if they aren't examined, then what's going to happen is you're going to continue to create the results you've got currently. So you need to work out what your beliefs are, if especially, and work out whether they're limiting you. Use those five questions and start really implementing that in your life. Hey, I hope this has been helpful. I have a big passion for mindset. When I teach speaking and selling on stage and webinar, et cetera, I know that your mindset is a big block. And that's why I wanted to spend some time on this, especially even just in building business in general, building an expert business, your mindset is a big block. And so if you're interested, by the way, if you resonate with me, and you're really interested in taking this to the next level and you're speaking your communication and really seeing amazing progress, then make sure to head over to sellfromstageacademy.com. There's a VIP waitlist there. We give away like really special bonuses and stuff like that for people on that on that list. So make sure to register there at sellfromstageacademy.com. And uh, I look forward to helping you even more in the future. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk soon. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. 
Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.